This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. So how's it going? Um, good. I installed my own shower filter and shower head today like a boss. Look at you, handy woman. Thank you. Actually, <laughs> very not handy. But I'm excited ish to be learning to do things on my own on my own with no one here beside me i had to give it the texas twang for you it's like you just are asking to get murdered i'm trying i'm trying every day Mm -hmm. well i did not do anything that impressive but i did get all the paperwork submitted and we are now officially on Amazon Music, so you can ask your Echo to play Lifetime Sentence, and she will play Yay. the most recent episode of Lifetime Sentence every time you ask. That's amazing, and thank you for not saying schmeshmexa. Right, no, I figured that there are people who listen like out loud and not in headphones, which I wish I could do in my life, and then the one time I ever did, I was listening to... Um, Dear Hank and John with the Green Brothers. And John ordered everybody's schmuschmexas to order his upcoming book, Turtles All the Way Down. And my schmuschmexa was like, did you say order Turtles All the Way Down? And they got lots of emails about it. (laughs) That's wonderful. Okay. Are we ready? Well, is that it? No, surely not. What are you reading right now? We haven't done a reading talk in a minute. I'm reading Beach Read. Um, it is actually really interesting, and I think actually both you and Fran would like it. I'm almost done. I almost finished all of it in one night. Is it out um, already, or is this an arc? It's out. Um, okay. It's out already. It's about two authors uh, who were rivals in college, and what do you know? They end up at the beach houses next door to each other for the summer. Okay, so it's a Diane Keaton film. Okay. (laughs) They have terrible writer's block and are unable to write. Um, So they decide to make a bet that he'll write her genre, which is romance. He'll write a book in her genre, and she'll write a book in his genre, which is like very literary, whatever. And then whoever sells the book first wins. And then the loser has to, like, promote the book and, like, go out and, like, you know, write cover excerpts and things like that for the book. This is a fun premise. Yeah. And so then, so he doesn't know anything about writing romance and she doesn't know anything about writing, I guess. Literary fiction. Literary. Yeah. And so she takes him on, like, a romantic outing so he can get, like, a feel of what he should be writing. And she takes, he takes her to, like, interview um survivors of this cult that he's been working on a book about um and so and then of course they fall in love right because everyone knows the quickest way to get rid of writer's block is to just bang it out literally (laughs) (laughs) who's it by i'm gonna write this down um one moment please okay emily 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 But it's very good. I like it so far. Yeah, I can't wait to read it because I, I will need something light um, 
Hey, not the book I'm currently reading, but the next one's pretty heavy, so I'll need a light one to follow up. Emily Henry. Oh, I don't even know her. Um. So, yeah, it's been really good, except it makes me... Of course, they keep diving into their own past and, you know, in her past, the way she came across the beach house or came into possession of the beach house is that um, her father dies suddenly and she finds out that he was having an affair and that's where he lived with his mistress, like on the, the beach of this lake. Oh, wow. That's where she lived and they would stay together. And so he, he leaves her the house. And then his backstory is like, he was really abused as a child and all this. And so they get into kind of that kind of darker. Um, it's good. It's I really good. That. I, like I love it. a book that's not afraid of heavy topics. In fact, yeah. I like books that just tear me apart and make me cry. Like I'm. Yeah. Well, literally this book and probably not for everyone because I have a very specific set of circumstances in my life, but right. um, this book made me like heave sob more than once. Oh, so. that's good to know. Uh, well, I am currently reading an arc that was sent to me um, called Here She Is. And I yes, was just I telling you about it. So, um, it's so good. It. So the it's uh, it's researched like it's the true history of pageants in America and specifically Miss America. And kind of how Miss America has been influenced by like the suffrage movement through modern feminism and um, how the suffrage movement and modern feminism have been influenced by Miss America also, which is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the writer is a sociologist at Brown who every so often teaches a class called um, pageants in modern America. And that'd be a great class to take. Um, the last Miss America like the Miss America who was reigning when they decided they weren't going to do swimsuits anymore was one of her students that year. Like she was her professor when she won. Um, but this woman, her That's mother, I want to have to look up her name, but her mother was, um, her mother was 1970 Miss America. Um, so it's called here. She is the complicated reign of, beauty of the beauty pageant in America. And it's by Hillary Levy Friedman. Um, Mm -hmm. and it comes out. I, it's like, I'm writing for my blog right now, telling you all this information, but like it, Oh, it came out August 25th already. So it's out, but I got the digital arc. Um, cool. So I highly recommend it. Um, now that we have said all the important things, books and showers, um, this is Lifetime Sentence, and I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron, and I am here to tell you a story. I cannot wait. This week, at Paul's request, point out. <laughs> I just literally Googled this. Lifetime True Crimes, and this was like no, the first thing on the list that we haven't covered yet. Uh, This week I watched Cocaine Godmother. It stars Catherine Catherine Zeta-Jones as Griselda. She was in Chicago, Traffic, uh, The Mask of Zorro, and Entrapment. She's in some rom-com that I really like where she's a chef. No Reservations, maybe? Is that what it's called? No Reservations. I love that one. 
Um, Jenny Pellisser. I'm gonna. I'm sorry, I butchered that, Jenny. But I got the Jenny right, Jenny. Well, she, she doesn't sound real. <laughs> she is real. She played uh, Carolina. She's from The Bridge and Disrupted. Okay. Um, Alejandro Eda. He plays Rudy. Um, he's from American Made, Narcos, and Fear the Walking Dead. Okay. And finally, Warren Christie, who plays FBI guy. He's from Apollo 18, Alphas, and that movie with Reese Witherspoon, This Means War. It's so nothing I've seen, but legitimate things. Like, this sounds like a time that they spent some pretty decent money. Yeah. And I will say this, too, and I complain about it later again, so you're welcome. Um, This movie did a really bad job of making me dislike Griselda and root for the police. Um, So every story about her is the same way. All the research I did. They're awful. This FBI dude is a fucking asshole. Like, I hated him. (laughs) I was like, I kind of hope she gets away. (laughs) But I know this story, so no, she didn't really, kind of. Uh, It starts in Medellin, Colombia in 1954. Griselda is a little girl walking through town. Um, Later, she's at home. Oh, okay, so... This is what I saw. Later she's at home and some dude is there getting dressed and he tells her, quote, tell your mom I'll pay her later and then leaves. But, oh, shit, she goes to find her mom who tells her, quote, always get the money first and act like you enjoy it because men don't want to screw a corpse. Oh. So her mom was pimping tiny Griselda out. out. Simping? Pimping. Oh, I thought you said simping. I was no. like, isn't that a different thing? Yeah, definitely not <laughs> simping. Um, so this woman is pimping out her very young child. So thanks. I hate that. Uh, Griselda mouths off to her mom, like you do when she just made you have sex with a gross old dude. And her mom slaps her and tells her to get out and never come back. Um, I know she grows up to be a bad person, but damn, I feel really bad for her. <laughs> um... She goes back, and there's that guy laying in her bed again. She takes the gun he put in the dresser, What? and um, he gets up, and he's like, oh, are you going to shoot me? He's like, oh, you're so brave. Are you going to shoot me? And then she shoots him. So, <laughs> Oh, so the exact way I'm going to die. What are you going to yeah. do, stab me? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so let's all take a moment to mourn the uh, pedophile. Okay, that's done. Um, she cleans out the dresser, including all of his money, the gun, and his like watch and everything that he left in there. And then she takes off. Um, now we're in New York. That direct flight is really quick. Um, Griselda is grown and she has three children. Their names are Osvaldo. Osvaldo, Uber, Uber and Dixon. And Dixon. Which is like a ra- like so random. Uh huh. Even more random than her fourth child, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, da, da, da. The FBI guy who we haven't met yet voiceovers that she came to New York in 1972 and was into small crimes at first, just trying to make ends meet. We see her after the kids go to bed making fa- fake passports. 
um, FBI guy says that local crime people kept her really busy, especially some dude named Alberto, who just who I imagine is going to die at some point in this movie. Just a hunch. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's in love with her. Her husband is a real asshole. So I'm really not sure which one of these guys I hate more. Alberto t- tells her that if Wait, she ever wants to make real money to her? call him. Alberto. Oh, I thought you were telling me the FBI guy was. And I was like, no. damn, Lifetime, you really went all out this time. No. The FBI guy, we don't meet till the very end. And so he just voiceovers his whole story. That was a choice. Um, <sighs> Alberto tells her she ever wants to make real money to call him. And then he and then her husband Oh, then he leaves. Um, Her husband passes out drunk, and so Griselda gets undressed, feels herself up a little bit, and then goes to bed. Like you do. The next day, she goes to see Alberto and pitches an idea to use really beautiful women as smugglers. She tells him she has a kilo of flour, because, of course, she doesn't actually have cocaine at this point. Right. (laughs) Um, On her right then, and they'll get a hotel room, and she'll show him. So they get a hotel room and they have sex. Um, When she gets home, her husband tells her she's not allowed to run drugs. And so she's like, I'll do what I want. And so he knocks her around a little and tells her to please go get him a beer, which she does. But then she smashes it over his head. Um, They get into a scuffle and she tells him to get out. He, of course, calls her crazy, which always goes well and then takes off. Um, Now I guess she's dating Alberto, who takes her to a club, and she gets entranced by a woman dancing with a super old guy. Everything slows down, which of course means that they are in love. The old guy or the woman? The woman. Okay. They start dancing and then get a drink. They toast to the good life, and Griselda hits on her. Then Griselda and Alberto start working with Pablo Escobar to smuggle cocaine, which is what you do after a night at the club when you meet a nice girl. Oh, that's, yeah. Um, Griselda holds modeling tryouts for the women and they make their first run. Um, Carolina, which is the woman she met at the club, watches her kids for her. When Griselda gets back, one of her kids is in big trouble for skipping school to go to the horse tracks but also taking bets from his school friends first before he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Carolina makes her. Oh, so like Griselda comes in, she's like undressing and she has drugs strapped to her. And Carolina makes her promise to stop smuggling stuff herself and letting her employees do it instead. Um, the next morning, her boys get up. She clearly has a favorite child. She shuffles her kids off to school, telling the one to stay off the tracks or she'll strangle him herself, um, telling the other one to get out of her sight, and then congratulating the third for making the honor roll. Oh, okay, fair. Um, later, her two dumb dumb children <laughs> <laughs> invent a false bottom suitcase so they themselves can start smuggling drugs. Good, good. It's- Family business. This makes oh this is what they pitched to her but she's like uh no. <laughs> um she tells them to basically like get lost and go to school. Um Griselda and Alberto get married. Afterwards instead of having sex with Alberto, she consummates her relationship with Carolina. 
Okay. I mean, why not? So the FBI gets wind of Griselda and starts busting some of her smaller dudes. FBI guy is shocked to find out the mastermind is a woman, so he can also go fuck himself. For real, though. She gets a call tipping her off that the FBI are coming. So all the boys are packing up cash while the FBI creep up the stairs of the apartment. Thankfully, they're in the wrong place because, of course, they are. Right. Um, Because it wouldn't be lifetime if they're not. Yeah. So Griselda and her family go to Miami. Welcome to Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. They move into a house and play soccer in the living room, like you do. Well, of course. Um, Some guy comes to see her about being her bodyguard. This is Rudy. Her son mentions his girlfriend's father has recently been talking some smack about Griselda. So while interviewing this new bodyguard, she tells him to go murder his girlfriend's father. Casual. Yeah. Um, The next night, they go out for Carolina's birthday, and her son storms in and attacks her for having his girlfriend's father killed. She tells him not to speak of such things, and so he starts drinking and acting like a lunatic. So um, then Alberto starts behaving badly um, in Medellin, doing his own product, um, having sex with the girls, you know, all that. And so Griselda throws a hissy fit, screaming about how she can't trust anyone. But Carolina's like, you can always trust me. Oh, get out of here, Carolina. Speaking of doing her own product, it seems like Griselda has a little problem with that as well. Oh, good. Yeah. She's a little too too up close and personal with the nose candy. Um, she peers pressure Carol- peer pressures Carolina into trying it, telling it her it will make her happy and also cause the massive mood swing that she just saw 30 seconds ago. Uh, the FBI guy is in Miami. Now you can tell by his very shiny shirt that he wears for the rest of the movie. The same shirt. Yeah. He has one Miami shirt and he wears it the whole time. FBI guy goes on about the dirty money in Miami at the time. There's a really great documentary about this called Cocaine Cowboys on Netflix. Definitely uh-huh. check that out. Um, Griselda flies to Medellin to do things. She does cocaine on the flight because it's the 80s and there are no rules. Um, Fair enough. Um, at some bar, she catches Alberto screwing some girl in a bathroom stall, so she kills both of them. Oh, that's why she kills them in the movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then they kill a bunch of people in this club for also, I assume, reasons. Um, Pablo Escobar is here um, in Miami. They throw him a big party. He tells her, he tells Griselda that he's worried about her being on her own, but she's like, I can totally handle it. Um, So he takes off, but leaves one of his men behind, I guess, to fall in love with her and take care of her. They start dancing and grinding, but Carolina sees and gets pissed. And we just flash forward to nine months later, there's a new baby with a very large penis that they all won't stop talking about. 
Oh, no, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. She names him Michael Corleone. Yes. From the Godfather. From the Godfather. She's from Colombia. Yep. <laughs> Just, oh, she does coke in the hospital room again, like you do after you have a baby. Well, yeah. I did not get the cocaine package at the hospital, but I really should have. Oh, probably. yeah, that's an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> she also sets up a giant massacre. And I don't know. I was pretty grumpy after I had my son. So this kind of makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next day they go to the mall and kill everyone there. That's like all I have. <laughs> oh, okay. So FBI goes and, arre- and arrests the owner of the club where they hang out. Um, he says Griselda told him that she'd kill his girlfriend. So FBI is like, well, I might kill your girlfriend too. Uh, and I'm the, like, I'm pretty sure that's not legal. That's Is that the FBI version of you can't quit? I, you can't fire me, I quit? Like, she can't do it if I've already killed her. No, he was like, well, he's like, speaking of your girlfriend, like, you know, I, I've seen that she works at this, you know, dumpy dive bar in this part of town, which is, is dangerous and Bad things happen down there, and you just might never know what might happen to her anyway. Yeah, nah. I was like, uh, that's not legal. <laughs> not sure. Oh, so Griselda's addiction is pretty wild now. She runs around the house screaming, let's go out, until someone agrees to take her out. Um, she doesn't want to go to the club, though, because that's boring. She wants to go kill someone. I mean, I've had those days. So they go and murder an entire family. Not had those days yet. The man begs her to leave his children alone because they're sleeping in the house and are not awake. And so Griselda goes inside and kills them herself. You have to. It was opposite Uh, day. Yeah. We cut immediately to Michael taking his first communion. Uh, Down in Medellin, Pablo greets Griselda's new boyfriend slash husband, whatever. He wants to kill Griselda Griselda because she's such a pain in the ass. But Pablo's like, nope, she moves too much product to take her out at this point. Um, Back in Miami, all the boys are playing Atari when husband, boyfriend, whatever, comes home. Michael runs downstairs with, like, he's dressed like a cowboy. He's got a holster with a gun in it. Only it's a real loaded gun that his brother's Gave him for his birthday. It's not even one that he found and like picked up. It's like right. one that he was given to him. Yeah, no, hard pass. Um, Hubby is mad, but um, Griselda's other kids just smirk it off. Griselda asks him where he's been. They argue and he gets mad. So he shoots the TV set. Like you do. With the gun. 9,000 security guys come in and escort him off the premises. So he goes to a strip club. Naturally. Right. This all just sounds like my typical Tuesday night. Like, I don't know what you're upset about now. FBI guy goes to see him in his silvery shirt um, and tells him that he can get him and Michael out of the country. This is not going to end well at all. Nope. Um, Really, really bad. Uh, So a few days later or whatever, an ice cream truck kidnaps Michael while her other three kids sit on the grass and smoke cocaine. Um, 
husband comes to tell Griselda that they're going to turn every single stone in Miami over, and whoever took Michael will fill 20 bullets in their back. Uh, this will end up being a self-fulfilling prophecy, since he's the one that took Michael. Um, Carolina and Griselda take to bed and get hella high. Three weeks later, he's still gone, but a new shipment of women is here. That's what he calls it, a shipment. Uh, nope. Also canceled. Excellent. Except one of the women brings a picture of husband and Michael from down in Columbia. Oh. So Michael is at soccer one day. Um, afterward, he and his dad leave and they're driving down a highway and they get pulled over on the side of the road. Um, husband knows exactly what's up. So he tells Michael that he loves him and says they're going to play a game. He tells him to stay in the car, look straight ahead, close his eyes, cover his ears and don't look back. Mm. Um, but also how do you look straight ahead and also close your eyes? You know, I think he means just keep your head focused straight. Like don't turn your head left or right. That's not what he said. He said, Look straight ahead and close your eyes. Well, the guy's about to die. You think he's really speaking that clearly? I don't know. <sighs> they hug and dad gets out of the car. Um, so the shot, they shoot it through the first, it's like through the back window from inside the car. So you can see Michael like sitting in the front seat doing what his dad told him to. Oh. And then out the back window, you can see the dad get shot um thrown in the back of a truck and they the the murder the killers like squeal off um rudy the security guy uh is there he's the one that was on the motorcycle he knocks on the window and michael's super excited to see him so he takes the car and takes michael back home poor kid um this should all be great except carolina dies of an overdose oh I actually was not expecting that to come right now. Mm -hmm. um, they throw a welcome back party for Michael and then leave Miami. Um, the FBI storms into the party scene to find the house completely empty. Okay. He makes... Um, so FBI guy is really pissed and he makes Jerry, the club owner dude, help him. And seriously, this movie doesn't make the police look any better than the criminals. He tells Jerry to be a, quote, respectable man, even if it is the last few days of his life. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. um, Jerry says they're in L.A., so they go and arrest Griselda's boys, minus Michael, who are having quite the party at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Okay. Um, then they go arrest Rudy. Griselda is in Irvine watching Michael play soccer. She's very unhappy. Um, she's super paranoid and holds onto the gun in her purse. She goes back to her apartment alone. I don't know where she took Michael, but um, she goes back to her apartment alone. And as she gets out of the car, she catches eyes with the FBI guy who is across the street watching her. Um, she goes upstairs Prays the rosary, takes one last hit of whatever cocaine concoction they've been smoking this whole time. And then when the police knock, she says, finally, and opens the door. FBI guy is pointing a big gun at her, and she says, go on, shoot me. Well. she do He doesn't, and she's arrested without incident. In jail, he comes in to question her, bringing her cigarettes. 
he tells her she better confess because everyone else has turned on her already. Um, she goes to kick, she tells him to go kick rocks. She's not afraid of jail because her whole life has been a nightmare. Um, he accuses her of flirting with him and she's like, well, I'm not dead yet, honey. <laughs> well, there you go. And I just said, Lifetime, do better at making me mad at this lady. <laughs> right? Um, he leaves and she has a photo of Carolina. Um, Rudy refuses to turn on Griselda and he starts a major sex scandal with the secretary at the DA's office. Um, his testimony because of this gets thrown out and so Griselda only gets 10 years before she and her kids are deported. Once back, um, Osvaldo is murdered first, then Dixon, then Hubert, who dies by suicide because he knows he's next on the murder list. Wow. Um, Griselda is left alone in Medellin with a shit ton of money. She leaves her apartment to go to town and is shot by motorcycle assassins, which were her invention. Wow. The end. That was wild. Yeah, this movie was pretty wild. All right. So do you want to hear? This was my second time watching it. So I liked, I I mean, I liked it. It was good. I'd watch it again. Good to know. Um, well, I mean, it had good actors, like mm-hmm. it had a good cast. And so that will always play into, it. you know, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Catherine Zeta Jones had like a director's role or producer. Okay. But not hundred percent, but I think that's why she was working on it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, Griselda Blanco Restrepo was born February 15th, 1943, and she had several um, nicknames that she was known by the press. Um, La Madrina, the Black Widow, the Cocaine Godmother, and the Queen of Narco Trafficking, which just rolls off the tongue. I'm going to stick... I mean, I liked Madrina. Um, yeah. I don't really love Cocaine Godmother. It's. It, I think it's more because she was very obsessed with the Godfather movies, or at right. least in the movie she was. No, she was. <laughs> like, that's why she named her youngest yeah. son that. Like, I think that I was remembered. True. Yeah. Um, I love... Like, this case is so fascinating to me, especially in that, like, Colombian-type society where it's so very patriarchal. Right. Patriarchal. Yes. Um, so she was a... And, oh, I used... Um, Wikipedia predominantly and then New York Times and um, I even forgot to copy and paste like the titles of my articles which is unusual for me but um, as you know and as I am literally not allowed to discuss I've had a lot going on this week but yeah I will reveal information as I'm allowed to Um, so Um, did you get to watch the evil lives here that I told you to watch no I didn't have time I didn't think so it's really good. It's with, I think it's with her young. It's well, with Michael. That's her only child that survives. Yeah, right. it's with Michael. And it is really good. Oh, and A&E, A&E Real Crime, which did quote a mm-hmm. lot of that interview with Michael. So, um, And then there's Cocaine Cowboys that's on Netflix as well, which is about the case, not as much about Griselda, but about like the times in the Miami, whole, the whole uh-huh. thing going on in Miami at the time. And, and I'll talk about several... Um, pieces of media that she is in or is inspired like has inspired or her involvement was important in at the end of this like I collected a list so um anyway she was a Colombian drug lord 
of the Median cartel. Median, how did you say it earlier? Median. Thank you, Median. Median. Um, and she was. <laughs> I'll a, just correct you every time. Right, Median, <laughs> Median, Median. Median. Um, Median. It's like Medi Ian. Medi Ian. Okay, Median. Medea. Medea cartel. Yes. <laughs> and um, Medea goes to the cartel. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, she was also a pioneer of the Miami cocaine drug trade um, and was I active. I going to say like some actual legitimate organization. No, it was the Miami based <laughs> cocaine Miami- drug trade and underworld is what um, Wikipedia said. Um Let's see. It's estimated that she was responsible for as many as 2,000 murders while transporting cocaine from Columbia to New York, Miami, and Southern California. Um, And so her life of crime actually began like in childhood. Um, She was born in 1943. And um, while she was little, her mother moved her to um, Median to Medea, Colombia, and Median. she uh, just point to me. I'll say it for you. <laughs> sounds good. She was around three years old at the time. Um, she was often beaten and endured years of sexual assault at the hands of her mother's client because her mother was a sex worker. Um, and the violence and abuse led Blanco to run the streets and um, engage in sex work at a young age until she eventually left her home and never returned. Um, she was very young when she left. Um, so at the time, you can't see me pointing at you. <laughs> Median. Was one of the most dangerous cities in the world. Um, and it was the epicenter of the cocaine trade. And so um, Griselda became like very familiar and friendly with like low level criminals and, um, often had to resort to petty crimes to stay alive. Um, now it says petty crimes, but at the age of 11, she helped kidnap a 10 year old boy. And when the boy's parents refused to pay the ransom, she asked, she shot and killed him herself. This is so difficult, but like, I don't entirely blame her. It's not like she felt like she had many choices. Like it's horrible, but she, yeah, she did not have any choice there. It's horrible. And plus, like, think of the world she's growing up in. She knows if she doesn't kill this person, someone's going to kill her. Right. Um. So she... Later, several years later, she married her first husband, Carlos Trujillo. Um, he was a, um, he forged immigration papers. That was his specialty. Yes. They had three sons together. But really, he just laid on the couch drunk and she did it for him. Right. Um, they had three sons together, Osvaldo, Uber, and Dixon. Um, and their marriage fell apart very quickly. Um, it is believed that Griselda had, um, her husband murdered Carlos murdered in 1970. Um, all three of their sons were very poorly educated and were eventually deported back to Colombia because of prison sentences they endured in the United States. And they were all subsequently killed in Colombia. So um, her first like foray into big crime came when she met her second husband, a drug trafficker named Albert Bravo. 
Alberto. Alberto. I just typed Albert and I'm sure I'm sure I just left the O off. I was like, did I copy and paste this? But no, that was my poor typing. Um, so they moved to New York to New York in the early 1970s and they began smuggling cocaine in the United States. Um, in a 1989 interview, the... What else do you do in New York? Right? Um, in a 1989 interview with the Sun Sentinel, Steve George, who was a um, DEA agent, said that Griselda was, quote, the first to use multiple sources of supply so that she could always keep the cocaine pipeline full. Um, she also advocated for, quote, pooling trafficker resources and sharing the risks. And so this one article referred to it as her business model, giving rise to the modern day cartel. And I'm like, give this woman an MBA already. She knows what she's doing. Right. She did it right. <laughs> um, so she was based in Queens and her like, trafficking enterprise exploded basically overnight um which was a problem because it cut into it cut quite a bit into the drug market that was previously cornered by the italian mafia and so mm -hmm. this attracted the attention of law enforcement and federal agents um she uh so in this a and e article um a former DEA agent who helped take her down said, quote, she was bringing in cocaine secreted in undergarments, bras and girdles, and just anything that could carry cocaine and be brought into the country. She was a tremendous businesswoman in her own right. So like, you know how you said Lifetime didn't do any favors in like making you hate this woman? Like nothing nope. did. Everyone finds her impressive is the problem. That's so... I it's so interesting, like, especially when you talk about, you know, that combined with, you know, the whole thing with Pablo Escobar and the fact that, well, what he was doing was criminal activity. He was using a lot of the funds to rehabilitate Medellin and to, like, make life better for those right. people that lived there. It's it's so very, like, tangled up morally and ethically. <laughs> it's very interesting. That's why I'm like, I've been always been fascinated with this type of this crime syndicate because it's, just, it's very weird. Right. So, um, during a, um, joint operation or joint sting between the New York police department and the DEA, um, called operation Banshee authorities intercepted 150 kilos, which is 330 pounds of cocaine, meant for distribution that is so much cocaine uh-huh um yeah that's a lot that is that's a lot of cocaine yeah uh -huh. i just know how much i weigh in relation to this much cocaine and that's a lot of cocaine yeah um so that's like an actual human human beings worth of cocaine. Oh, 330 pounds. That's like a, a big human being. Oh, I thought you said 130 pounds. No, 150 kilos, 330 pounds. Thank you. Okay. Still, that's even more cocaine. Yes. More than one of me. That's for sure. Um, so Blanco and Bravo were indicted along with dozens of their henchmen. And in April, 1975, um, they, 
Sorry, they were indicted in April 1975 on federal drug, drug conspiracy charges, but they fled to Colombia before they were apprehended. So It was a drug conspiracy. So later that year, um, Griselda confronts Alberto, who was obviously her business partner, and a Bogotá nightclub um, about millions of dollars that were missing from their profits. So like, I think it's funny that lifetime was like, Oh, he was having an affair. No, he had, um, stolen millions of dollars from their drug money. I believe that this was also like mentioned. It was just the fact that she shot him while he was having sex with someone in a bathroom. Right. She just like pops up over the stall and she's like, What's up, Alberto? Well, wait till you hear and he's the. Like, uh... <laughs> wait till you hear how it actually went down, because the Guardian reports that um, Griselda, who was then only thirty-two, so my age, pulled out a pistol, and Alberto pulls out an Uzi submachine gun, and there is this like massive shootout in the middle of this club in Bogota, Colombia, um, where she received minor gunshot wound to the stomach and that's it. And she had killed him and his six bodyguards. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, it's, it's that's when they fly down and she's doing coke on the plane. Okay. And it's like her and her son and then they're, they're her bodyguard, Rudy. And when they get there, he, her bodyguard is like, you do know I think this is a very bad idea. <laughs> And so they go into, which is basically like his club, the husband, like Alberto's club. And she goes in, she kills him. And of course she comes out of the bathroom. Everyone's heard the gunshots. Everyone has guns pointed at her. She just walks out. um, She shoots a couple people, walks out. And then her son is standing outside with a machine gun who kills anybody who's like chasing after her. Wow. It's pretty well coordinated in the movie. At least. (laughs) Yeah. So she um, then moves back to Miami where it said, quote, her body count and reputation for ruthlessness continued to climb. Ooh, someone was feeling themselves that day. Right. So for several years, she continued running um, the business from Columbia. At one point, she allegedly (laughs) smuggled cocaine into the U.S. on a ship named Gloria, which um, was a vessel that the Colombian government had sent to take part in America's bicentennial celebration in New York Harbor. <laughs> God, I love how, how important we think we are as uh-huh. Americans. Right. Um, like the whole argument right now that's like, oh, if you don't like everything, just leave. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you think we're the only people that don't want people from other countries coming over? Right. And, like, I don't blame a single person for not wanting Americans. We suck. Yeah, we're terrible. (laughs) Uh, Also, Queen Elizabeth, take me home. Right? Look, there's an open spot. There's an open spot in her court. Um, So, um, so in 1970. Uh, Like, they they can trade. Right. We'll make a trade. Right. I'll give up my U.S. citizenship and Harry can have it. Right? I think that's (laughs) fair. I'll go over there. Yeah. So in 1978, she married Dario Sepulveda, um, who was a bank robber, and she gave birth to her fourth son, Michael Corleone Blanco, who she named, yes, after Al Pacino's character in The Godfather. 
I can't get over that. She's like, they're like, what's his name? And he's, she's like, no, Michael Corleone. And I was like, fuck. Um, So you do you, I guess. So in the late seventies is when Griselda returns to, um, the United States and moves to Miami. Uh, Miami had been like this popular vacation spot for like in the winter for families, you know, and like, you know, like it was the Florida that people talk about retiring to. And then cocaine happened. It still kind of is. Right. But like in the seventies and eighties, it was not the quintessential retiring spot. Not for a while. Um, I mean, there's still a lot of cocaine. Down uh, there. Well, yeah, that's why you retire there. <laughs> yeah, when you're 60, you're like, oh, I have heart problems. Better pick up a cocaine habit. <laughs> That'll help. Can't get it up no more. Might as well do cocaine. Um, so, um, oh, shit. Where was I? Godfather, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. So this quote came from, I think, A&E. Um, a combination of factors came together in the late 70s and early 80s that made Miami sort of unique. One of those was the explosion of the cocaine trade and um, and the transformation of the 1970s marijuana era into the 80s cocaine era. Oh, this was um, Jeff Lean, who's the co-author of Kings of Cocaine. And uh, he was an investigative reporter for the Miami Herald. He said it played out with a bunch of rivalry between Colombian gang members and Cuban American gangsters on the streets of Miami. So, um, and then naturally Griselda played an important part in this transformation. She netted around $80 million a month. Do you know what I could do with $80 million? Well, just she, one time, right? She $80 un- million dollars one once, time. right? Unsurprisingly, she lived a lavish lifestyle. She owned a collection of luxury vehicles, several mansions, and a private jet. Um, There's not enough stuff to spend your money on to make that much money. Right? And then um, it said that she threw hedonistic parties attended by other bigwigs in the drug trade. Um, Pablo Escobar, Carlos Lader, and the Ochoa brothers. And then A&E real crying was feeling themselves again. And they said, quote, but murder became her favorite pastime. Yeah. Like people that are. So the thing with cocaine is that when you are addicted to cocaine, it makes you a generally angry and aggressive. Person. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, of course you like, uh, yeah, you have to get all that out of you. Or, I don't know, smoke some weed. Damn. Right. She needs a downer. <laughs> so, um, this article said in the 70s and 80s, the narco underworld was dominated by men. Not much has changed. Like, I don't know why they made that distinction. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still that way. Right. But Griselda was only five feet tall. Like, she was tiny still was kind of the top of this whole thing. Um, She sought to eliminate her competition and she turned the streets of Miami into this, like her own personal uh, battleground. Um, And this era became known as the cocaine cowboy wars. And you've mentioned there's cocaine cowboys on Netflix. um, That's Mm. about this era. So basically they would just ride around and fucking shoot people. But what else did they have to do? It's uh, Miami. 
So what else did they have to do? It was Miami. And lots. Um, it was basically like the 40s and 50s, like gangster era New York City. Right. Only a much warmer climate. And a lot angrier, I think. These people were all fueled by cocaine. Yeah, because everybody was on cocaine the whole time. Oh, uh, getcha. So. Um, There's a reason why What's-His-Name did only did coke in American Psycho. Right. Um, did you know? I was. Yeah. Um, he based his portrayal of that character off of an interview he saw with Tom Cruise. Because of Tom Cruise's dead eyes. He said his face smiled, but his eyes stayed dead. And he felt like there was psycho behind that. Yeah, but Tom Cruise is psycho in a different way. Right. So, anyway. um, So, Griselda naturally surrounds herself with a group of henchmen known as Los Pistoleros. um, And the bodies begin piling up. Um, Like I said, she was attributed for about 2,000 murders. Um, which her uh, many of her henchmen carried out in war wagons, which were these like armored vehicles that she had made with gun ports cut into the sides, like she made her own tanks basically, and on motorbikes. Yes, uh, so she like pioneered the the motorcycle assassins, where there's two people on the motorcycle, one drives, the other one shoots people and then they speed off. Right. Um, so, um, Why are you judging me? In one of these articles, they said other criminals killed with intent. They would check before they killed. Blanco would kill first and then say, well, he was innocent. That's too bad, but he's dead now. Um, mm-hmm. she turned out to be rough, tough and vicious, and she really used her viciousness to measure up to the men. She did horrible stuff, decapitations, cutting people into pieces, throwing them on the side of the road. Drug kingpins and their associates were afraid of her because of her toughness. Well, and it's like the family that she goes out and kills, right? Um, they pull up and the, her son, who is high as fuck and just a little shithead, um, is like, oh, it's time to pay up. And the guy's like, uh, she owes us money. Like, we've been giving her money. He's like, let me, like, you know, let me go get the bank statements and blah, blah, blah. And, and then they just murder them. Right. Oh. Uh, so. It's crazy town. She had those who owed her money assassinated. And if she didn't feel like repaying a debt, she'd also assassinated the person that she owed money to, like you just said. Um, Mm -hmm. Innocent bystanders were often caught in the crossfire. In 1981 alone, there were 621 murders in Miami. People described it as a Wild West situation. That's why it was called the Cocaine Cowboys. Um, They... Mm -hmm. They didn't have enough space in the morgues, so they brought in refrigerator trucks to store the bodies. Well, I wish I could say that's a foreign concept, but it's not. Um, so... Let's see. Over time, um, she became addicted to what's known as bazooka, which is this unrefined, smokable form of cocaine. Um, 
And then I have another name for it too later on, but it goes by two different names and I mentioned them both. Mm -hmm. Um, So the bazooka coupled with her like already homicidal tendencies and paranoia meant that she was bad for business. Um, Other drug kingpins put targets on her head. Fearing for her life, she moved to California. Um, So she still had her youngest son, Michael Corleone, with her... um, Oh, I skipped back in timeline. Do, 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 do. So in 1983, her husband left her and returned to Columbia and kidnapped Michael. Um, whenever he and Griselda disagreed over who would take custody. So naturally Griselda had um, paid to have Sepulveda assassinated in Columbia and her son brought back to her. I mean, for sure. If you're gonna, um, kidnap your child and take him somewhere to another country. Um, don't take him to a place where your ex-wife controls basically everyone right. and have you murdered before your plane touches the ground. Like, right. Go, you know, go to Europe. Yes. You have enough money. So, um, according to the Miami times, um, Michael's father and older siblings were all killed before he reached adulthood. His mom was in prison for most of his childhood and teenage years, and he was raised by his maternal grandmother and legal guardians. In 2012, he was put under house arrest after being arrested on two felony counts of cocaine trafficking and conspiracy to traffic. Um, he appeared on two th- on a 2018 episode of Evil Lives Here to recount his lonely childhood. And in 2019, he was featured in this VH1 docuseries that sounds really good called um, Cartel Crew, which follows the descendants Ooh. of drug lords. Um, Interesting. And he also has his own clothing brand, uh, Puro Blanco, which re- obviously refers to his mom. Um, mm-hmm. So Griselda was openly bisexual, Um, According to New York Post, court records show that she was a drug addict who consumed vast uh, quantities of uh, bazooka. So that's the the Spanish version of bazooka, um, which is this unrefined cocaine. And she would force men and women to have sex at gunpoints. And um, she would, like, create these, like, frequent bisexual orgies. But, like, nobody was having fun but her. Well... Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. Right. When you Uh, force... Yeah. Her favorite possessions... I don't need to tell you this. Right. (laughs) Her favorite possessions, I think you'll appreciate this, include an emerald and gold Mac-10 machine pistol, Ava Perone's pearls, and a tea set once used by the Queen of England. Look, you know my obsession with, like, uh, vintage China. I'm obsessed with it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's all on my list. Um, you, you want also, the... Also, I can't wait till all, my, till all the stuff that I bought last week comes in and I can send you pictures. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to see. So, the report continues. In court, it was revealed that Blanco killed three former husbands as well as strippers, business rivals, and innocent bystanders, including a four-year-old boy. Um... So in on February 17th, 1985, um, DEA agents arrested Kathleen, uh, almost Kathleen Blanco. That was the former mayor of New, of New Orleans, but okay. Um, um, 
Griselda Blanco at her home in Irvine, California. In addition to the drug charges, she pleaded guilty to three murders. She struck a deal with prosecutors and served only 15 years in prison. She was released in 2004 and deported back to Colombia. Um, she lived there in basic anonymity in Southwest Medellin. Medellin. See, that's not how I would ever pronounce that because that looks like it would be pronounced Medellin. Uh, so stop Winston um, in 2012 at the age of 69 the former godmother was gunned down outside of a butcher shop by an assassin on a motorbike um, she had so many people eliminated that there are many suspects says officials um, and although um, the DEA agent who was quoted does, says he doesn't like to speculate without evidence. His theory is that she gave up information after her son, Michael was arrested on drug charges. Um, so he didn't have much in the way of making a deal for, to help himself. So this DEA agent believes that Griselda intervened for him and gave information to law enforcement and that that's what kind of put the hit out on her. Um, yeah. So, while her and Pablo Escobar grew to be bitter enemies, they're actually buried 120 steps from each other in the same cemetery. That's how um, it goes, right? Yep. So she has influenced a lot of popular media, as I mentioned. Um, so in films, she features prominently in the documentary films, um, Cocaine Cowboys, which came out in 2006, and Cocaine mm -hmm. Cowboys 2, which was in 2008. It's also sometimes called Cocaine Cowboys 2, Hustlin' with the Godmother. Um, <laughs> right? Um, and then, of course, Catherine Zeta-Jones portrayed her in Cocaine Godmother, which you watched. Um, and then just a couple of like back in may i think it was maybe july like it's been just this summer j-lo announced that she will be starring as griselda blanco in a project that's currently titled the godmother which is in production um she is the producer of this film as well as the star um Wow. So in music, rapper Lil Kim created her alter ego, Kimmy Blanco, as a tribute to Griselda. Um, she debuted this persona in 2013 um, in a single of the same name. Uh, rapper Rick Ross referenced Blanco in the 2013 Meek Mill song, Believe It. He says, uh, quote, I'm screaming, uh, R.I.P. Griselda Blanco. Um, Migos referenced her in multiple songs. Portland by Drake in their own song um, Fuck Up the Pot Nicki Minaj re references Blanco in her freestyle of the baby's Suge um, the line is drug lord Griselda I used to move I used to move weight through Delta um, and then she's also on Nicki Minaj's rap um, on Chance the Rapper's song Slide Around, Slide Around Me and My Man mm -hmm. Griselda and Pablo um in literature, Griselda plays a minor role in a book called A Brief History of Seven Killings. It's actually very good. I've read part of it. Um, she also plays a significant role in a 2011 book called American Desperado. And then on television, um, there's a drunk history 
season three, episode two called Miami. Um, and this episode stars Maya Rudolph as um, Blanco. Mm-hmm. Um, she's portrayed by, um, or sorry, she's portrayed in this um, telenovela La Vidua Negra, which is an adaptation of a book um, that was a very popular telenovela. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith used her as her model for her character Fish Mooney in Gotham. Um, hmm. And then in the Netflix series Daybreak, have you seen this? No. It's hilarious. Um, Griselda Blanco is the role model for the child prodigy Angelica, who um, is selling prescription drugs. <laughs> so um she has had a huge oh and there's a um episode of Archer season 5 episode 7 Smuggler's Blues that um has a fictionalized version of Blanco known as La Madrina. So she's just had a very large and overarching um impact and influence on media as we know it. Indeed she has. Wow. That's wild. And that is the wild story of Cocaine Godmother. See, and I still don't don't hold her completely accountable or like hold it all against her. Yeah. No, I don't. I get it. Am I a bad person? Remember when old what's his name kept breaking out of jail? What is that guy's name? The drug, the worked in the cartels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. What is his name? Damn it. Trafficker. He was interviewed. El Chapo. Yes, El Chapo. Thank you. So drive me nuts. When Sarah was in medical school, she was at the hospital one day, and they had to shut down a floor. Because one of his henchmen was there for medical treatment. Like he was in custody and had to come get treatment at her hospital. And yeah. And she told me about it when she got off. And I was like, why didn't you text me when it was going on? I would have brought you lunch. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, what floor is it again? I think I'm about to get lost. Right. (laughs) El Chapo. Like back. I don't know. The whole thing, and it's so, there's so much gray area. And it's not because drugs aren't bad, because they are. But it's because people in America are stupid. Uh Uh-huh. We're going to find drugs no matter what, no matter who's selling them, because, I mean, that's what people here like to do. You know, the war on drugs is specifically targeted against, um, you know, low low level dealers instead of these people that are at the high level, which it seems when they get arrested and TC true crime obsessed talked about this on their Patreon. They just finished up. um, Oh, the new mafia series on Netflix. It was three episodes long. I don't remember what it's called. Anyways. Um, but they just finished it up and they were talking about when they finally arrest 
Paul Castellano. Fear City? Fear City, yes. So they okay. finally arrest Paul Castellano, and the guy's like, you know, the the guy that arrests him is like, well, shucksy doodle, I felt kind of bad arresting him. You know, we had a we had a mutual respect. Like, I was just doing my job, and he was just doing his job. And I'm like, no! Right. Maybe people, maybe I'd hate people like her more if they didn't treat her with some kind of air of respect. Right. And, like, even El Chapo, like, Sean Penn got to go interview him. Like, why didn't he get arrested? Right. For aiding and abetting. Like, I don't understand that. But meanwhile, we just throw all these low-level dealers in prison for the rest of their lives. Right. While the rest of them walk around with zillions of dollars and fly all over the world. It's just... Right. No, I get it. Maybe we weren't so racist. Sorry, so, I'm <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just, I didn't mean to laugh, but in my head, I was wondering how you and I could get zillions of dollars. And for a second, I thought that I'd said it out loud. And then you went, maybe if we weren't so racist. So I was having to play back the conversation to see if I'd said that out loud. <laughs> no. See, the reason we're not ever going to have the gazillion dollars because we care too much about people. That's what I was about to say is I read, I read something that really resonated with me about that. And like, I'm glad that I did because I often think about this post that said something about, you know, if I had as much money as Jeff Bezos, I'd help so many people. And her dad, this woman's dad was like, well, that's why you'll never have as much money because you yeah, want to help people. And Jeff you... Bezos just holds on to his money. Well, I mean, and because... Bill and Melinda Gates, they help people, but they, I mean, just think of all the money they have left. Well, more importantly, it takes a certain personality type that doesn't, care who they step on to be successful and mm-hmm. I can't do that yeah I yeah I mean I care too much about other people I care about relationships and all that stuff so no I'm not gonna like throw a bunch of other people under the bus so that I can be successful right it's not okay now as you know I'm dealing with a similar situation where someone's trying to throw me under the bus right now and it ain't gonna happen um, I mean, I can take care of it for you. I can start a nasty rumor that will make her really embarrassed. Yeah, I doubt it. You'd be surprised. I'll, I'll tell everyone that I saw her at the liquor store. <laughs> she had mimosas at lunch. <laughs> Clutch your pearls. I will. All oh, right. Yeah, well, thanks for hanging out with me tonight. I'm going to go crash. Mm-hmm. Me too. And, um, yeah. And get up and do this all over again. Uh, yep. So mm-hmm. we don't know what we're watching next week. We probably won't well, know until we're watching it. But nope. <laughs> until then. Um, kind of how life has been. Just bear with us. Right. We're getting there. Um, until then, please don't forget to, wait. oh, wait. oh, social media. Don't forget to find us on social media. That's what I was going to say. Obviously I was playing it off. Like that's what I wanted to say. Um, yeah. where can they find us then? Um, well, I'm right now in my house, but I also go to work a lot. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at lifetime sentence 
on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. You can find show notes. And finally, our merch is a clickable link on our website. I set it up last week, like I said I would, lifetimesentence.com. Um, and if you would like to send us an email and man, we get some of the most incredible emails from our listeners. We got, um, a couple of weeks ago, we got an email from some amazing person whose name escapes me because I should have looked it up. That was the pictures of a vintage book that had this story, the lover in the attic and then like other true crime stories. Um, we get stories like, just anytime we hit something that hits home for somebody, they send us an email and we love those. Aaron and I for real screenshot them and send them to each other and freak out. Like we don't both have the email on our phones and didn't read it at the same time. We still screenshot it and send it to each other. Like, Oh my God, did you see this at the same time? Um, also, don't forget to join our Patreon, especially if you want to hear me scream about Meghan Markle for like 30 minutes next week. Uh, Patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. Absolutely. Um, so let's see, did I hit everything? I think that's it. Um, also patrons, you should be receiving your stickers any day now. And your giant stickers. If, if you, I hope you put them on your car. If you too would like a blimp size lifetime sentence sticker, then <laughs> please. Uh, I love that you hold it up like they can see you. Well, I thought, I thought maybe you'd enjoy looking at it one more time. I love it. I hope I get one. Absolutely. Um, I actually, hope I get the shipment that is supposed to be coming to me anyway. It is coming to you. Um, I don't know that a sticker's in there, but I did buy you a bag that just arrived for me to ship to you, but I'm going to put some soap in there with it. Um, Yay! And so um, it's, a, it's a political bag. It says someone literate 2020. And I figure yes. that, um, do you, that we all need that in our lives right now. <laughs> Yay, we sure do. So now... And anyone, oh. if you are listening to this and you are tempted to buy a notorious, whatever that bitch's name is, not RBG, the other girl. Oh, the new one? Mm-hmm. No, peace the fuck out on her. That's the thing now. Have you seen that? They've made notorious whatever the fuck her name is shirts. No, nope. That's a no from me, dog. And I was like, oh, no, you get to be notorious by being on the court for even a million years and, like, actually making change for people, not, right. like, you know, way right. Because as I texted y'all in the group text the other day, like, congratulations, he found the closest thing to a rich white man he could put that was still a woman, you know, like. That reminds me, I have to go call my gynecologist yes. in the morning to get my IUD changed. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well. Before the election. What the one thing I'm going to give a call to action last week, it was go like all of, um, Anna's videos on TikTok, blow her up this week. My call to action is check to make sure you're registered to vote. And if you're not fix oh, that, please. go vote. So important. Last year, a hundred million people did it or last year in 2016, a hundred million people did not exercise their right to vote. Don't be one of those people. Go vote, go vote. I'm a firm believer in that if you didn't vote, you don't get to bitch about the outcome. <laughs> like, look, there's going to be plenty to bitch about the next four years, no matter what. Unless, of course, you weren't old enough to vote. Like that, you can bitch about whatever you want. But yeah. if yeah, you were 24 sure. when the election rolls around and you didn't vote, then you don't get to bitch. 
That's right. That's. I need that on a ter- shirt. If you were 24 and you didn't vote, you can't bitch because. 24. <laughs> if you are eight, if you are 19 and you didn't vote. Right. Um. All right. Well, guys, I cannot stress this enough. Don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Wear your mask. And dick punk to patriarchy. Perfect. I was going to say wash your hands, but we'll take that one too. That too. <laughs> um, you dick punch the patriarchy first and then wash your hands. Right, right. Don't waste water. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll have to wash them twice. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.